up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of Between Two Posts. I am Kyle here alongside Everett. How are you doing? What's up, buddy? Nothing much, just uh, making the most of this quarantine. But uh, this week, what a guest. We got Thomas Kreiss on. Um, I'll say right now, my new favorite NHL goalie. Um, there's not many better people out there than him. I mean, top to bottom, the guy's a stud, right? Like exactly. One- he he's a great starting goaltender for the New York Islanders, which I don't think a lot of people highlight. He's been their go-to guy for the last three years. Um, he's given back to the community in more ways than one. He's helped out with several special organizations. Currently, he's right now, uh, he last year, sorry, just did the Fort Bragg uh, Hockey School, Thomas Grice Hockey School, where he partners with, um, what is it, Kyle? United Heroes League. The United Heroes League, right, where he puts on uh, special hockey camps with, you know, partnered with the Thomas Grace Hockey School, where he teaches not only goalies, but anyone that plays hockey. And Fort Bragg was a military base where he, you know, donated his time and brought in a lot of resources to put on, like, an uh, unbelievable hockey camp for these kids. Gear too, right? He he donated gear. Yeah, like a lot of gear and then a lot of money as well from uh, part of his deal. Um, but when you looked at it, not only was he, you know, coaching and everything like that, but if you actually watch the video from Fort Bragg, like the recap, Greiser was out there doing the workouts with this, with these (laughs) kids. He was showing them how to do the drills. Like very rarely do you ever see NHL guys go out and then do the office with the kids too. It was like unbelievable. His athleticism in terms of watching him play. And then you see like what he does off the ice. I don't know if you've watched his Instagram, but it's like, yeah. It's fire. One, it's hilarious, but two, all the workouts he's doing, his mountain biking, like he's just a phenomenal guy. Yeah. But, well, then this week he came out with uh, his post basically saying he's there for anyone who, who might need assistance going through COVID-19. And, um, you know, it's just a class act guy. And also also a really funny interview with him. I mean, obviously the, the other thing on his social is he, he photoshopped his face on a Joe Exotic, which was, I got a good laugh out of that. So um, overall, I can't, I would, he's a guy I would love to be teammates with. I mean, just a good guy around the room. Guten guy, Grice. Guten guy, Grice. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. He's played 10 years, man. Yeah, 10 years in the NHL. NHL seasons are, those are long seasons. Oh man, I got a, I got a long season story for you. (laughs) Oh boy. This goes, this this is uh, back to Atlanta here. We um we had a road trip to uh, out in Texas. Okay. Um, now I honestly don't know what town it's in because I know I don't think it's the real the real name isn't Lone Star. That no, it's Lone. No, that's you're you're talking about the Brahmas, right? Yeah, yeah. I honestly so that's don't Fort know. Worth. Fort Worth. Okay, so we're I think. in Fort, Fort Worth from Atlanta. Not a not a short bus trip. Like that's a haul. Yeah. So. Usually when we go out there, we'd, we'd play, like, over the weekend. We either uh-huh. do back-to-backs or, or three games. And um, and they're, they're usually pretty good in the standings. So we're actually – what we – like, you know, you're playing every game to win. There's no, there's no easy games. And um, so we play, we play those three games. And there's also another team out in Texas that I think they were, like, bottom of the standings. And something happened – Earlier in the season, their bus broke down or something. We had to reschedule games. So, end of the day, we're going out to Texas for a five-game road trip. Jesus, which is insane! Like, and and there's no we're not like 
you know, dude, it's, it's junior hockey. We're not going to stay there for a week and use up hotel days. I mean, we're the first night you don't get a hotel, you're sleeping on the bus. And then I think you maybe, maybe, maybe did the next three nights in a hotel. And then the last one you're sleeping on the bus again, back home. So they're, they're trying to put every penny away that they can. Anyways, we play Brahma's the first three games. And I think, I think I played back to back to back to back. Gross. Yeah. And I was so done with it. But what ended up happening was we went, um, I, th- I think we went one, one and one. So we lost one in regulation and one in OT. So we ended up getting three points out of it, which okay. wasn't, wasn't ideal. So now we're going to play like the worst team in the league still like the next day. And they drove out to, to Fort Worth to meet us there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we've been in Fort Worth like the entire way. Like we've been here. It's, <laughs> it's awful. Um, so a few of the guys, we kind of got together, the, the guys who were just bagged and we're like, hey, like odds, we, there were team rules. If mm-hmm. you miss, if you miss team breakfast, like you don't play that day. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> a few of us, it, it was a win-win. We took the sleep in and yeah. we also took getting scratched for the next two games. And, um, which was, was unreal. But anyways, it gets to, uh, the game and we're all sitting, I think we were sitting behind the penalty box. Okay. And we were just chowing on a pizza. Oh, and no. so the other thing you have to remember for this game is it's not our home rank or the team we're playing against. Cause, uh, we were kind of doing like a neutral site. So there's no fans there and it's our fourth and fifth game in a row. Like no yeah. one, wants, no one wants to be there. It's just a complete joke at this point. Yeah. So. One of our guys takes a penalty, and we were we were all munching on some pizza. So we we walked down to the penalty box and we were feeding him pizzas oh, through, no. through the glass, and he was eating them. And I think I think someone ended up like getting it on video, and it ended up uh, kind of blowing up on like barstool or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and we ended up we ended up getting in more trouble for that from our our ownership and GM. They weren't too happy, but um, it was that was a that's just what happens in in a long season right there so well that happens in the na3 that's for sure uh yeah i don't think that's going on in the nhl but um back to the nhl thomas grace puts up some sick numbers um had some pretty sweet setups over the years too the guy's just a phenomenal phenomenal goaltender he's the only guy i've ever seen in a shootout make a stand-up save yeah he he, pizzaed well, yeah. Well, Ev, he's he's come down in the shootout. He can win it, and he's thinking, you know what? It's too easy if I just go in the butterfly here. Like too easy. It's too easy. Everybody. He's he was down. trying to he was trying to give him a chance. He's a showman. He was giving everybody the show. He was giving everyone the thrill that they were seeking that night. And I remember yeah. watching that game, and I was blown away. So the poke check too on on Sid the kid, unreal. Two pad stack poke. Like yeah. talk about fashion statement, right? Like that's the only way to do it. Exactly. Disgusting. But we got Gross. a great interview for you guys. Um, we're really excited, and this is Thomas Grace. Yeah, let's send it over. Welcome back to Between Two Posts. We have an absolute stud on today with us, current goaltender for the New York Islanders in his tenth NHL season. Welcome to the podcast, Thomas Grace. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now we were kind of taking a look at. You know, you have a very, very uh, illustrious resume online on Elite Prospects. But when I was looking at things, I noticed your first year in the U.S., uh, besides when you played in the Quebec Pee Wee Tournament, but your first full year 
was with the uh, Worcester uh, Sharks back in the AHL in 06, 07. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It was a good year. It was fun times there. That's awesome. Now, you were 20 years old, and that was your first year in the U.S. What was it like coming here from Germany? Uh, it was definitely different, you know, just getting used to the culture, just being able to go to the grocery store, finding all the stuff you want, <laughs> just getting used to the food and everything. But the big thing that made it a lot lighter, easier for me was uh, I lived as a host family my first couple of years in the AHL. Okay. You know, it's a little different than most guys. Yep. And, you know, still close with them. They're obviously from the Boston area, and every time we play in Boston, try to meet up with them and you know, get to see them again. That's awesome. Now, with you being near Boston, being in Worcester, obviously that's a very different area because you came from, excuse my pronunciation, but it's Fussen, Germany, correct? Yeah, it's pretty close, Fussen. <laughs> almost got it's it, almost there. got yeah. it. And I was looking that up. That's a population of about 15,000. What's, you know, like that's pretty crazy to come to Boston and Worcester, which is just like way overpacked. It's a crazy city. Yeah, actually, my hometown I grew up in is uh, Roshalpen. It's like a really small town. I think it's less than 2,000 people, so it's even smaller. Oh, my and God. Fristen is just, it's just where I played hockey. You know, it's like 10, 15 minutes away from my hometown. Okay. So, yeah, it was, it was a big difference. And, you know, coming to Worcester, and, like the downtown area is not the nicest, but outside <laughs> there's some very nice areas. God, I couldn't even imagine that. Worcester's a, it's an interesting place. So I can't even imagine your first thoughts on America when, when you come and that's really all you see for a while. Um, <laughs> I mean, fortunately, well, though, later in your career, you ended up, um, you know, in San Jose, which that's got to be a lot, a pretty decent upgrade from Worcester. Yeah, you can't complain living in San Jose besides the taxes and the cost of living. But, you know, yeah. if you wake up every day and the sun is shining, there's not much to complain about. Yeah, that's a nice, uh, that's a nice hockey season when you get sunshine on the beach all year round. <laughs> exactly. Um, now, did you, like, were you learning English in Germany or was, th was that all new to you when you got here? How'd that transition happen? Uh, I definitely learned uh, English in school, but, you know, it wasn't the best, but it was enough to get by and then just, uh, you know, just from being around it all the time, it got better and now I'm able to get through the day, I guess. <laughs> For sure. Being able to navigate through the grocery store, right? Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Now, I did a little research there on, uh, on uh, Fuss in Germany. And I saw it's well known for its castles. And I don't know if it's true or not, but apparently those castles were the ones that inspired the one for Cinderella. What was it like growing up around, you know, such a rich history and having that incredible architecture? Yeah, it's definitely a beautiful area. You know, when you're a little kid, you don't really appreciate it that much. But now looking back, you know, it's just beautiful setting right in the Alps, you know, with the mountains, with lots of outdoor activities like skiing. You know, mountain biking, lots of lakes where you can go swimming, play hockey in the winter on. So, you know, you appreciate it more when you get older. Maybe a little kid, you just, you know, it's there all the time, so you don't appreciate it that much. Yeah, it's just it is what it is. This is home, right? Yeah. Like, you don't know anything exactly. else. <laughs> yeah. But that's a that's a huge difference from going to, like, <clears throat> Boston, Worcester, uh, San Jose, New York, Brooklyn. Like, that's got to be crazy. Well, I really enjoyed living in uh, San Jose. You know, the, there's mountains right there, too. There's the beach, so it's definitely a very beautiful area. Like, Lake Towers just falls away, and the whole Sierra Range there. So it was beautiful. Even, like, Boston, I didn't mind it that much. They're living over, like, uh, Worcester. Boston's a beautiful city, too. I actually really enjoy that, but... Worcester definitely don't tell us not the nicest, but the surrounding area is pretty nice too. And there's plenty of stuff you can find to do. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, so when you came over here, like I'm sure a lot of the American culture, like you said, was very new to you, but did you find like something like uh, a food or candy that was really your favorite that you couldn't get back home? Uh, 
Not really. It was more like fight, trying to fight the German stuff over here. Still trying to do that, <laughs> but uh, I like the chicken wings over here. They're always pretty good. And oh, really? Like bar. Yeah. There was one bar that had, uh, I think, 10 cents or 5 cents chicken wings every Tuesday, so that was a good spot. Just go there and crush like 30 wings? Exactly. You had to spend a couple <laughs> dollars. It was no big deal. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I've uh, I've gotten my fair share of wings out there. Um, yeah. Now, I've known Brittany for a couple of years now because I know she like she's the one that we communicate with when you do a lot of the hockey schools. Uh, but I had never realized she was actually Miss South Dakota. How were you able to land that? Like, is it the accent that helps? Like, how did that go about? <laughs> you got to ask her about that. But yeah, uh, just got lucky, I guess, you know. And yeah, can't complain much about her. That's been a great ride with her so far. Yeah, just enjoying it. Yeah, so she's traveled with you all around from San Jose to Pitt and now to New York, right? Exactly, yeah. That's incredible. It's got to be nice having a family to go home and like really you know, be your core support. Did that help as you kind of got older and you're going through the NHL? I think for sure, you know, it settles you down, especially like, you know, having a uh, daughter later on. Mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, give you a different perspective on life. It's really important. And, you know, at the end, it's just a game you play and like family, their health and happiness is the most important. And, you know, hockey is obviously important too, but just your family, it keeps you growing. You're thinking it's just a very fun thing to come home to. Absolutely. How old's, uh, how old's your daughter? Uh, four and a half now. She's getting okay. big quick. You know, looking <laughs> back, it, it happened quick. That's awesome. I know uh, I was talking to Scotty before I came uh, came home to do the podcast, and it sounds like she's starting to skate a little bit. Is that right? Yeah, she got skates, and she's out there. And, yeah, she really enjoys it. You know, she goes to the games, she starts skating around, so obviously she wants to try it out too and everything. So we'll see where that goes. You think she's going to oh, turn but... into a goalie? Uh, we'll see. Hopefully not, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um, like I've said, you got to play in some pretty cool cities. And um, what's been your favorite place to live in so far? Ooh, like every place has pros and cons. And probably Phoenix was one of my top places. You know, that year we had like a great team there, or like really good group of guys. We missed the playoffs just by, I think, two points, whatever it was. And we had a good year. It was really a pleasure playing there. There's a bunch of great guys. And just living there is awesome, you know. Great weather every day. Lots to do outside. It's a beautiful city. So really enjoyed that. And even Long Island. Like we're, my spot here now, like close to the water. Nice, quiet place. You know, we think New York, you always think the big city and everything. But Long Island is like nice pockets where there's less going on. It's a good place to live. Definitely, definitely. So we also saw you're a pretty big uh, outdoor guy. So do you usually have to travel kind of far to get your outdoor fix? Or you're not too far from... Uh, biking and hiking and all that stuff? Uh, like in New York, during the season, I don't really bike anyways. Just, you know, it's too dangerous injuries and you know, time-wise, time constraints, not that much time. But in the summertime, I do my biking stuff. But there's still, you know, the beach is close by, like I said. And we got a little bit of land here and, you know, can go camping even though backyard has enough room and just stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That makes it easy to just be able to go outside, pitch the tent, and you guys hang out. So a campfire exactly. together, marshmallows, s'mores. Can't beat yeah, it. Yeah, got the yeah, exactly got the campfire going, everything. I just had to chop down a tree in the backyard the last couple of days and chopped it up for firewood and yeah, trying to keep busy over here. <laughs> yeah, gotta keep uh keep busy with the downtime. Exactly. Now I, I saw you're a big mountain biking guy. Uh, like how did you get into that? Is there just a lot of mountains back home or how long have you been doing that? Oh yeah, I was since growing up, like as you know, as soon as I could walk, I pretty much got a bike too to ride around. So yep. I've been doing it for a long time. My parents are really into it too. 
Like my dad is 80 now and he still goes for like 40, 50 mile bike rides what? on a regular basis. So oh, yeah, yeah they're related to it. My mom is into it too. So, you know, just growing up, I always did with them. Then coming over here, you know, even got more into it and happened all over the world, like South America, Europe, North America, all over the map, uh, just to go mountain biking. That's crazy. That's so cool. I mean, you've got to see some pretty cool things then. Oh, for sure. Like one year I went to, for example, to Peru, you know, go biking down there and see like all the Inca stuff and Machu Picchu. It was, that was very fun. It was a great trip. Oh, that's got to be an eye opener. That's like life changing, especially to bike it too, because I don't know too many people that have ever done that before. You know, it's a really fun experience. And, you know, especially on the altitude up there, you get tired pretty quick. And, <laughs> you know, just seeing all the architecture up there, well, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's crazy when you go to places like that and you take a look. It's like looking back in history. Like this wasn't. This was built so so long ago. It's incredible to still see it up and what these people were able to put together. Now, how were you able to travel with the bike? Like that's got to be tough getting into planes and stuff and then flying it as uh, check bags, right? <laughs> yeah, it's actually not too bad. They make uh, special bags for it. You just take the wheels off, the handlebar off, and just stuff it a little more or less in a oversized suitcase. And most times, like a hundred bucks for the round trip, something like that. So it's not crazy. Not a big deal. Yeah, it's really like flying with a hockey bag. It's really not that much difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that would yeah. kind of be the same. Yeah, it's just sports equipment. You, you know, declare it and yeah, it's really no big deal. But from what I understand, I know those bikes are pretty expensive. So, like, have you ever lost a bike when you're traveling? No, luckily not. And never have gotten one stolen or anything. So I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> That's good. That's good news. <laughs> Knock on wood, right? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Now, being in long island obviously that's pretty flat i don't know that there's too many mountains out there so in the summer when you do have time do you guys just drive up to like upstate new york or well i spent the summer we used to spend the summer in north carolina okay and now we're down in florida so obviously florida's not much either but north carolina like you know the Asheville area there's lots of mountain biking there and then like every year do a couple of like mountain biking trips just meet up with a bunch of buddies and you know we always go up to vista canada there's great biking up there or some other destination just like a bike trip and yeah, get the bike fixed in. I'm going to go home to Europe, obviously, see the parents, you know, hit up the old bike trails and go riding there again. Oh, for sure. That's sweet. That's awesome. That's a, it's an incredible hobby for what you're able to do. Like you said, you traveled all over the world just to go biking and the historic sites you've seen, like the monuments. That's awesome. That's yeah, nice too. You know, you always meet the same minded people just enjoying the outdoors, love to ride their bikes. You always meet good people and just go riding with them for a little while. And yeah, it's always nice to meet new people that way too. For sure. Definitely. So you're in your fifth season now with the Islanders and you've kind of been right in the middle of the whole arena split. What's it like playing home games back and forth between the Coliseum and Barclays? Well, I'm definitely happy to be splitting like the first couple of years or the first day we were just down at the Barclays and it's just, you know, it's a very long drive for everybody. It takes me like an hour and a half, sometimes an hour and 40 just to get to the ring. Jesus. So yeah, it's like, it's a little bit of a hike. Luckily we have like, I have it set up where they have a, Black cars for us that just drive us down, so you don't have to drive yourself. But so it's just, it's like the HL days. We have to take a bus for two hours and then play the road game. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. crazy. So, so how much of your pregame is affected by where the home game is? Then that's not too bad. You know, it is what it is. You just adjust to it. I just nap a little earlier and you know try to come home a little earlier from the morning skate. But really, I don't nap that long anymore. Anyways, you know, they don't maybe half an hour, forty minutes. Yeah, certain and. You know, 2.30, I leave the house most of the time and head down to the rink. Yeah, so, and I, and I know, like, a lot of players will uh, go out for morning skates and kind of see the boards and lighting and 
obviously rinks vary from arena to arena. So are they pretty similar in that sense? Do you have to make adjustments to where a puck might come off of a dasher or something like that? Uh, the boards down there are pretty good and at the Barclays, so you don't have to worry more most of the time at least. Not, I don't have to worry too much about it. You know, it's a pretty new rink. The hockey there is pretty new, so they have pretty nice boards and it's pretty well set up. Especially for me as a goal, you know, the ice is not that different. It's not that big of a change for me, so I don't have to yeah. worry too much about it. As long as you stop the puck, then it's exactly. all good, right? yeah. <laughs> That's so all that the, matters. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So the other thing, um, looking at your mass, you've been pretty consistent with having that intimidating Yeti on the side. What's the backstory to that? Oh, uh, yeah. A bunch of years ago, you know, I was just thinking, like, why should I put it inside my helmet? And at that time, I was, like, riding a Yeti bike, like, from the company, I was like, hey, why not just put a Yeti on there? So, you know, talk to the artist and they yeah, just put like a mean looking Yeti on there. It's pretty sick. I always love that. Yeah, it's different. You know, I like it. It turned out really good. And since I was inside, I just stuck with it. For sure. Um, and I don't know if too many people have seen, but you've also included it in your uh, the Thomas Grace Hockey School logo, which has been yeah. pretty awesome. Um, and I know you had mentioned earlier that you guys were spending summers in North Carolina. That's how you got hooked up with Fort Bragg, correct? Exactly. Yeah, like uh, I think five or six years ago, but on five years, Eric Bolton did a hockey camp down there with uh, United Heroes League. Yep. He was part of it, and so he asked me, "Hey, you want to join? You know, escape as military kids and help out there?" And I was like, "Yeah, no problem. You know, I lived like four hours away from there, so it was no big deal." Mm-hmm. And that's how it all started. And yeah, slowly uh, over the years, I took more and more responsibility, and then eventually turned it into the Thomas Guys Hockey Camp. And with the help from United Heels League, we have been hosting the a growing number of kids. Like last year, we had uh, 150 kids, I think, at the camp. So wow, it's been pretty big. Wow, that's that's incredible. So you said United Heroes League kind of sets it up, and then you guys partner with them to run it, right? Oh uh, yeah, like before they used to set it up all by themselves, and okay. now you know we help uh, raise donations and. Have been doing more and more, like we order jerseys and all that stuff, you know. But they they're still there to help us out because you know they've been doing it for longer. It's a lot of work that goes into it, and you know, Britain and I just don't have the capacity all the time to do everything. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's a great organization. They have have helped us a lot over the years, and yeah, with their help, well, it has been really a great camp. I I think it was incredible because I don't know if you've seen, but we'll share the link when we post this is uh, the video that they took from I think it was the 2018. Um, uh, hockey camp now I remember that summer too Scotty had told me that you actually ended up taking which I th- I think this is incredible but you took your endorsement at the end of the year you split it halfway in cash donated that to the United Heroes League and then the other half of your endorsement we turned into gear and you had don't donated that to Fort Bragg as well in that hockey camp like that that blew me away that was awesome I know you you have a full understanding of what these people go through and these families, and then you have to keep the kids busy and allow them to still engage in sports and activities. So to give them that opportunity was really eye-opening for me. Yeah, it's a great camp. You know, I just have met great people so far down there, and, you know, I have a really great appreciation for what they do. You know, you got to think those kids like their dad are, like, gone for, like, six months, eight months, or even a year at times, like, gone from home, and they don't see him maybe – they're lucky that you know they can Skype every once in a while, but sometimes not that even that is possible. So you know, it's tough on the family. Even the moms, you know, they have four or five kids all by themselves, five kids running around at home. It's not always the easiest. So mm-hmm. just be able to you know help out the kids, help out the families, give the kids some activity, and you know just have a fun time, put a smile on the kids. It's really very enjoyable. 
for sure. Now, did you have any of your family that served or is this just something you kind of got passionate about as you were more exposed to it here in the U.S.? Uh, yeah, no, my family didn't serve. Uh, you know, Germany is more a little different that regard. But yeah, like the more I got exposed over here and, you know, just meeting some of those people just through hockey and got really a greater appreciation for it. And yeah, I'm happy I can help out a little bit there. That's cool. Now, do you want to uh, talk about next year's plans? Because I think you, I heard it was going to be in Florida. Is that right? Exactly, yeah. Uh, we're planning on doing it in Florida this year. Uh, it's still up in the air, you know, especially you know, everything going on right now. Yep. Uh, still planning. The timeline might have to change that or what's going on. We're hoping we can just do it the way it was planned. But, yeah, looking Very forward cool. to it again. What what, uh, uh, what area were you going to do it down here? Uh, was in, uh, so far, the plan is like the Panthers practice facility. Okay. So, yeah. So, that rough area. Well, it's, yeah. It's still all in the rough plans. Okay. Trying to nail it down now. Sweet. Well, we'll make sure as that that news kind of breaks out. If you need help spreading the word, we'll definitely get that out and we'll let everybody yeah, know what's awesome. going on. Um, and that's still partnered with United Heroes League, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, so they're going to be able to do it too. That's awesome. Now, uh, I noticed here, Gracer, that you're, you're a pretty big beer guy. And <laughs> being from Germany, like, you know, you guys have Oktoberfest and you have legitimate beers and everything like that. What's your whole take on the IPA and these little trendy bars that everyone's been popping up with in breweries in the U.S.? Yeah, everybody that tastes, but I really don't like IPAs. I like my uh, wheat beers and those kind of things. So like the German wheat beers or Bavarian style ones. Okay. And yeah, not too much into the fancy thing. It was a big thing coming over to the S2, you know, I was 20. Coming from Germany, I was able to drink beers since I was like a little boy, more or less. <laughs> and you come to the ass and like tell them what you're 20 i can't drink a beer like what are you talking about oh that was a big change but yeah that's too funny that's that's a tough adjustment now oh, yeah. um i'm sure you've seen you've been to an Oktoberfest back home right i've been the one like normally you know it's always during the hockey season but oh uh, yeah the, the last lockout i was able to go so yeah it's a, it's a fun time it's, you know my buddies they always there they always send me like videos and you know talk to them about it they always as much as you can talk to like a bunch of drunk guys, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah so. that can get old fast. Exactly. So, yeah, so it's a wild. You must have seen some crazy stuff happen then at Oktoberfest. Is it kind of just a complete circus or what? Oh yeah, it's absolute circus. <laughs> like it goes from they have like I don't know if you guys know that they have like a roller coaster there and everything, like a whole carnival set up too. Oh, so there's a beer tent and. Like the one roller coaster is like the five Olympic rings, just like five loopings. So that thing is wild. And yeah, it's it's huge. Like those tents, they say they're tents, but they're ginormous. They're like more like exhibition halls. And yeah. It's just, it's just amazing <laughs> how big it is. That's crazy. So, so is it a little like the movie? Like beer the Beer Fest, Fest movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that, yeah. So there's going to be some secret alley we got to find and then we can get into the games? Maybe it was just you know, a couple of Germans, you know, point you in the right directions and make some friends. Exactly. That's all it takes. <laughs> See, so, um, also back in your Coyote days, I saw you played with uh, Keith Yandel and obviously Spittin' Chicklets has brought up his infamous sonk play where he fakes the hard rim. Was he doing it back then when you were playing in the desert? Oh, that's a good question. I remember, but uh, probably, but like... I'm different though. He's probably one of the funniest guys I know I've ever played with. He's probably the funniest guy I've ever played with. Like, 
just being around him is just a comedy show 24-7. Is he a big prankster in the locker room? A big prankster. He just, like, gets, has the best, like, one-liners and chirps and, you know, just <laughs> destroys everybody. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Every team's got to have one of those guys, right? Keep the, exactly. the room loose. Keep the boys oh, going. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely buzzing. Um, now, having played, you know, so many years in the league, um, in hockey in general, do you have like a favorite goalie partner that you always kind of stay in touch with? Uh, not really. Like, uh, always have played with a bunch of like good guys, but uh, don't I haven't said too close and got like I play with Flurry, awesome guy. You know, everybody likes him. Yep. Very pleasant to play with. Uh, no broker when I see him. Um, we play San Jose, you know, always chat with him for a little bit. Was it? He was a good partner too. You know, especially coming up, you know, have a veteran like him to play with and you know show me the ropes more or less. Yeah, and then, exactly. Like, I really enjoy uh, playing with, uh, well, I'm a friend now, you know, great guy, you know, has a lot of experience too. And this is just a great guy to play with. No, that makes totally sense. And then, like you said, you played with some legendary guys, Nabby, absolute beauty. Flurry was obviously known as a great guy throughout the league. Um, but kind of d- dipping into your guys' 2019's Jennings Trophy when you guys had the best goals against, that was incredible. What was it like playing with Robin? I was good. He was a really good guy too. You know, it was fun playing with him. Obviously, it was a, a different year for him, let's say. But uh, you know, he handled himself very well. He was very enjoyable to be around, and you know, always, he had a great year. And again, he's playing great hockey this year. So yeah, just wishing the best going forward. And yeah, I mean, that was right around the time that Mitch Korn had jumped in the mix, right? Yeah, exactly. We got the new goalie coaches. We got Mitch Korn and uh, Piero Greco. You know, uh, Piero coming from Toronto. Yeah, they've both done a great job, and they're both great to work with. Yeah, so that probably helped gel you guys together and kind of, you know, create that incredible tandem that you guys had. Oh, for sure. You know, those, I think uh, goalie coaches in the league are generally very underrated. And, you know, it's such a big part of the game. You know, your game, I find, is always a little drifting or, you know, you know if you get comfortable, like, or you just play well, like, little mistakes creep in. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get addressed fast, if, you know, you play well, play well, play well, and all of a sudden, boom, you go on a, lock, uh, a long bad streak. But if you're a good goalie coach, you can, like, beat it out pretty quick or just do drills without even knowing and put you on the right path again, like, correct a lot of things. I was going to say, with, with Mitch Korn being there now, is most of the changes kind of meant mentality, how you approach the game, or did he make um, any big changes to your game or your style? Uh, no big changes, you know, that's one thing he's very keen on. It's like just being like narrow. You see a lot of guys getting very wide in the stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, that limits your mobility and being able to skate. So that's one of his big things. And then like uh, Piero Greggley is like very focused on just being square to the park and having the right depth of the play and reading the play well. No, it's not like groundbreaking, just little adjustments here and there, but they make a big difference. I mean, For the sure. biggest thing right there is they're just talking about keeping it simple. And that's you see a lot of that in goaltending, all the way from pro all the way down to like you know teaching eight and ten year olds youth hockey. Um, exactly. Yeah. If you make it too complicated, you know you can't think while you play. There's so much going on. The game is so fast. You just gotta be able to play and you do your things. Yeah, absolutely. Get her done. Keep the puck out of the net. That's all coaches want. That's all they tell us, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just stop the puck. Doesn't matter how. Exactly. Um, I mean, talking about your narrow stance there, I wanted to ask. On that, uh, was it 18? I think it was 2018 was that year where I forgot who was coming in, but it was a penalty shot or um, a shootout 
guy walked in and you made that stand up safe. Like that was, it blew my mind how you just, you came to the V stop and I'm like, Oh, it's probably the narrow stance. Right. What was going through your mind for that play? Uh, yeah. I think that was the one against Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, you know, like on the penalty shots, I'm pretty foul always anyway, and like narrow. So like that's how much room to shoot at anyway. Because mm-hmm. I'm staying so narrow, like until I get down, it just takes too long. Yep. So if you just hit a click it more or less, just put your feet together, and <laughs> you know it's tough to get it through there. I, I had an idea today he's gonna shoot there. You know, like I, I used to play with him. Or get, yep. So you know, I had a good idea what he's gonna do, and it worked out. So would have looked pretty bad if it would have worked out, but. <laughs> absolutely hey i mean it made the highlight reels and it blew everybody away so it was awesome (laughs) yeah well you're probably gonna end up on the highlights either way whether (laughs) with that approach whether you stop it or or if he gets it i mean that's exactly taking a risk there but it paid off so (laughs) (laughs) was that grace or was that the same game that you came out in two pad stack poke checked on crosby yeah, it was the same game. Oh, oh no my way. God. You were just throwing <laughs> throwing thrillers left and right, huh? It's just one of those games, you know, where things just go your way and you have games again where just, the puck just bounces in of everything. So Yeah. Yeah, you were just absolutely buzzing. You were feeling it. It's one of those, you know, like you're just in the vibe and you're feeling good, right? Exactly. You just got to go with it. That's too You were cool. pretty far out on, on that poke check, weren't you? Like cash marks or even higher, yeah. you think? I don't think it was that high, but like, you know, he has good speed, and sometimes you just gotta go for a poke check if you can't match the speed. Yeah. Or it's just easier. So is there is there ever a moment going through your mind where you're like, kind of second guessing it, or you're just full send once once you decide on it? Oh no! Once you commit, you just go for it. You know, you can't second guess. Or so if you hesitate, then he's probably too far away. You you lose the moment. So you gotta do it quick and be right there. It's a full send, baby. Just go for it. Two pad stack. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> hey, it's coming back. You see more and more of the highlights. All the time. Yeah, the guys guys yeah. are using it. It works, right? <laughs> it's technique right there. Exactly. Now, last question here, Grace here. I thought this was funny. I know he's a huge celebrity over there in Germany. Um, I don't really know why. I think it's because of his show. Was it Night Rider? But are you a Hasselhoff yeah. fan? <laughs> Everybody asked that. No, no. I, I, I like Night Rider, but you know, I couldn't care less for his songs and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, he's a huge celebrity. I don't know why, but like, it's yeah, it's definitely funny. It's too funny because I, I'm sure you've seen it, but in dodgeball, when the German team's warming up and they're just yelling at the picture of Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what the whole country is like. That's awesome. He's a, he's he's definitely an interesting guy successful actor so can't take anything away from him so yeah gracer is there uh is there anything else you wanted to add uh first of all i wanted to uh, thank you guys you know just i mean the donation you guys really came through big uh donating a huge amount of year for the kids and went above and beyond and the other thing is uh yeah just to camp if you go to united uh dot com, you know you can donate there and you can also donate directly to united heels league they always can use the support and they do a great cause and they help all the military families. Excellent. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll attach that link there for you, um, so that way everyone can check that out and then uh, get you the afford all those donations there for you guys, um, and we'll get you set up. But you said camp will, you know, it's going to be, you know, Florida. The parameters and everything are obviously up in the air right now, but ideally it'll be around like the Fort Lauderdale area, correct? Oh, uh, correct. Yeah, just right now with everything going on, you know, gotta wait and see, but. Uh, 
yeah, looking forward to it and hopefully everything works out there. Cool. Well, we'll definitely get you uh, set up and we'll get that info to the listeners. Hey, we appreciate you joining us. I know you guys, uh, it takes a little time to get this all set up and everything. So we appreciate that. And uh, we want to wish you luck, however this goes moving forward. And then we'll hopefully talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you much for having me. Definitely, yeah. Thanks for coming on. See you, Gracer. See you, guys. Interview with Gracer. Um, thank you again, Thomas Grace, for coming on. It was a pleasure chatting with you, getting a little bit of insight on where he's from, what he's into. Pro mountain biker, like we said, plays hockey in his spare time. Not a big deal. Uh, Kyle, what'd you think? Man, he's just a great guy, like all around. So cool talking to him. Um, all the stuff he does in the community. And obviously, uh, he's had an incredible career so far. And I can't wait to see what he continues to do. It, it, the craziest part to me was, you know, we went over all the stuff. I don't think we got into one thing about international. And he's had some really cool experiences in uh, Olympics, the World Cup of Hockey, and obviously some World Juniors um, won a few awards there too. So hopefully we can get him on again in the future. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think it'd be more than down to tell us some more stories about back home too, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's pretty cool coming from Germany. I think uh, I saw a stat online. He's like the second ever goalie from Germany to play um, like over so many games. It's, you know, not a very it's not a Germany's not a goalie factory per se, but um, he's definitely made his mark on the league. It's all about that narrow stance, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It's um, you know, I remember seeing that game and I because that was I think one of the first three on three when three on three overtime was introduced, and um, so I remember like he talked about the poke check, obviously just full sending it and then going into the shootout. And for those of you who haven't seen it, he does like the, uh, basically like a stand up style save, right? Yeah. It's, it was terrifying. Like coming from a goalie as you watched it play out and you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe that <laughs> just worked. Yeah. I can't believe that just worked. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh. but, uh, I, I might have to fact check you on whether or not that was one of the first three on three overtimes, but I will we'll say, yeah. no, 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 not, not first ever, but like, that's the year three on three was introduced. Oh, wasn't it? Okay. Like, like I'm okay. Basically what I'm saying is your, your approach to hockey is pretty consistent for, I don't know, the past 10 years he's been in the NHL. And then all of a sudden this is the first season where three on three is introduced, whether it, I don't know, maybe his first or fifth overtime game, you're definitely not like used to that and all those fast breaks and all the rushes coming on you. So, I mean, you know, some adjustment, I would think. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, it looks like it was agreed upon in 2015. So it would have been 15, 16 15. season. So a uh, little fact know. check I mean, there. May, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Come at me. It's all right. Leave it in the comments. So. Well, Kyle, uh, I look forward to our next podcast. I can't wait to get it going. We got some uh, big ones coming up here for you, and I think you guys should all be excited. Be sure to follow us on uh, on Spotify and subscribe and uh, all the other stuff that's going to be coming out. We have had a few questions where we'll be hosting. As of right now, our podcast is up for review with Apple Podcasts, but we are on Spotify. So for the time being, this is where you'll find us. Once we do get accepted by Apple Podcasts, we'll let you guys know. Sound good? Kyle, anything else? Final thoughts? Wrap it up? Uh, Just stay tuned. We got some big names coming up and some really cool interviews. So be on the lookout. See you later. See ya.